I hope you enjoyed the episode last week on what questions to ask your students before you begin changing anything within their current routine. I love reflecting and resetting when needed, so that is what we are doing. And in the episode today, we are applying this approach to your writing block. Many times, things don't go the way we hope or we expect them to, and it's important to look back on the source, ourselves. We have to use a fine-tooth comb to see at what point can we add, remove, or adjust a key element in order to make things run more smoothly and be more effective for our learners. Things do not have to stay the way they are, especially if they are not conducive to growth and to learning. So when it comes to your writing block, how is it going? I want you to listen closely and truly do some hardcore reflecting within this area. Today's episode is diving into five questions to ask yourself before determining if you need to reset anything within your writing block. Remember, this episode is a replay, so if you hear anything referencing January or the new year, that is why. The information shared is still very, very timely and can be applied to your current teaching situation, even if you heard this episode when it first aired. I know that my classrooms have been different every single year, so just like rereading a book, re-listening to an episode is beneficial. If you are ready to learn more about resetting your writing block, let's dive in. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. This is my second episode all about the reset process. Now, sometimes it's necessary to reset parts of your literacy blocks, This is a great time of year to reflect on what worked so far and what didn't quite work from the first half of the year. I hope you were able to catch the Resetting Your Routine episode from last week because I shared five questions to ask your students prior to taking the plunge and changing up all of your systems and processes. It really does have a healthy impact on your next steps when you consider the needs and responses straight from your students. Definitely listen to the previous episode for those five reflection questions. Now, let's say that your writing block is an area that isn't flowing as smoothly as you would like it to. I'm going to offer some practices to think about or ones that you may want to implement to see if it makes a difference with your current writing situation. So the first question that I have for you is, how often are your students writing? Writing should be occurring daily, and the best way to get better at writing, if you typically struggle with it, is to do it frequently and consistently. So prioritize the writing block, and that simply means do not skip or shorten this content area, place a focus on it, and give it this time that it deserves. I know that when we don't prioritize something, that is the first thing that we want to eliminate. That's the first thing that we want to shorten or that we want to skip out on. 
So when you can make an active effort to prioritize the writing block, then your students are going to naturally get used to this process and do a little bit better. Now I want to take it a little bit further and ask you, how often are you writing with your students? Yes, you can write with them. I love pulling out my writing journals, sitting at a table pod or in a comfy place on the carpet and writing while they write. Writing with your students holds this powerful weight when teaching them the value of writing. It shows them that you enjoy the time and you're making an effort to get better at writing each day. And when they can watch you do it, they're going to be more apt to doing it too. So that first question that I want you to reflect on is how often are your students writing? And if the answer is not daily or for a certain amount of time that your district is mandating, then that is definitely a place where you want to reset and start this process of having your students write more. The second question I want to ask you is, how are you teaching writing? Now, one of the best ways for you to be able to teach writing is going to be by way of your mini lessons. And I actually have an episode all about mini lessons. So if you are unfamiliar with the structure of a mini lesson, how to implement and plan a mini lesson, then you definitely want to check out that episode. I'm going to leave it linked for you in the show notes. But in short, your mini lessons should be short and sweet. They should be directly to the point, and this is going to be the basis for what you expect students to do in their personal compositions that they are writing. You are able to model this for them. They have to see it in order for them to be able to produce whatever it is that you're wanting them to do. They will not be able to simply listen to you explain it and then go and perform it. They need to hear you explain it and show it to them multiple times. There is power in a mini lesson, and I want you to go listen to that episode if you have not listened to it yet, because this is going to be the basis for how you're going to be able to teach these different writing principles and writing tips and writing strategies that you are probably ripping your hair out because your students are not doing it through your mini lesson. So make sure that your mini lessons stay bite-sized and that word, mini. The longer your mini lesson is, the less time your students have for writing. So remember that we want to prioritize writing and ensure that they have enough time for that daily writing. So keep your mini lessons mini. The next part to this about teaching writing is using mentor text. Now, this is actually seeing the actual text from a book, a magazine, an article, student writing, passages, all of those types of texts are great to pull in and use as a mentor text. Now, mentor texts are great for teaching many of these literacy skills so kids can make connections with the text that you've maybe used for reading and they can build on it by way of writing. It's a great visual to see the writing in action and to focus on a certain skill within that pre-written text. Now, when you use a mentor text, this eliminates you writing to show them and focuses on a piece of text that's already written. So show students what strong writing looks like, and this comes from authors. If needed, shrink the passage or text to fit into a student journal, and then they can be able to use that for a future reference. Another area that you want to think about when it comes to how are you teaching writing is the writing process. 
Are you teaching the process of writing or just letting students grab their journals, write for 25 minutes? No judgment here if you're doing the latter, but I want to encourage you to begin teaching and walking through the process because that is what authors do and that is where they can apply all of these amazing skills taught from your mini lessons. Everything from brainstorming all the way to publishing, everything in between. And guess what? It is not too late to reset this part of your block. You can begin this tomorrow. Let your students know that there is a special process all writers follow and they are going to get to learn it. So if you've not done it so far, it's really not a big deal. There is no judgment being passed here, but just know that you can reset your block and you can start this writing process and help your writers find the success that they need. And the last thing that I want to offer you when it comes to how are you teaching writing is what is your method? for teaching these different genres. I would suggest that you try teaching your genres and units. Spending more time on genres versus alternating between the three main genres each and every single week. Spending more weeks on one unit, one type of writing, is going to allow your kids the opportunity to work on the same genre across a longer span of time, which is going to help them learn those characteristics that's specific to that genre. And they're going to have a better understanding of how to identify the genre when they start reading it. So give it time and realize that sometimes switching the frequency can be very confusing for kids. So again, I would spend a longer chunk of time. Maybe you are writing two or three personal narratives before doing one personal narrative, switching over to opinion writing, switching over to informational, back to personal narrative. Just spend a longer chunk of time and maybe do two or three personal narratives. Then go into maybe writing two or three informational pieces of text. That's what I mean by teaching it in units. The third question that I want to ask you and have you think about is what supports do your students have for writing? Students need scaffolds. Now, this could be sentence stems and starters, guided questions or reminders, processes mapped out visually by steps to follow, checklists, rubrics, etc. All of those are considered to be student scaffolds. Now, these scaffolds are really, really helpful to make these practices become concrete. Trust me, when students no longer need them, they're going to stop using them. Do not withhold these powerful tools from your students. And I know that a lot of people think that these tools are going to become a crutch, but let's just be honest here. Kids are responsible for so much when it comes to literacy. And the more that you can support them, the stronger writers that you are going to build. And that is ultimately what we want. I also want to think about when it comes to supports, do your students have writing notebooks or journals? Do they have writing folders? This is critical Because students need a place where they can write, where they can store their reference materials, where they can hold into their compositions, whether it's in draft form or if it's already published. Now, I love placing mini anchor charts into student notebooks, and I will also create several mini resource rings that become portable to move around the room with my students. I love sharing these resources with kids because a lot of the kids need that support. It doesn't matter which student it is, whether it's my ESL student or whether it's my gifted student. Sometimes my gifted students like to write repetitive things because they just 
want to get done. And so these scaffolds can actually help bring about even more inquisitive language within them. So use scaffolds. And I'm actually going to share my favorite scaffolds that I love using when it comes to writing in the show notes. So be sure to go to the show notes, check those out. And actually, anything that I'm referencing will be found in the show notes today. So just make sure that you visit there if you want more insight or information to anything that I'm referencing. But I will list my favorite scaffolds for writing in the show notes for you. But really, what I want you to take away is that students really do thrive from being able to refer back to different examples and to have access to those writing skill reminders. So do not withhold those from your students. The fourth question that I want to ask you is, how are you providing feedback to your students? Now, my answer for this is going to be, are you conferencing with your students? Are you holding conferences with your students routinely? This will probably not be daily for every student, but it needs to be on some kind of schedule so that you're checking in and able to coach your students as needed. My personal goal that I've always set is to have at least one conference per week per student, and sometimes you do have to get creative with how that can happen, but that is my personal goal. You really do not want to let over a week pass from the last time that you had a touch point with a student. So I want to talk about some little small group structures that you can do to make sure that you are actually having these conferences with them. So you can allow for a variety of different structures like individual conferences, parallel conferences, or small group conferences. And basically, in short, the individual conferences are where you're working one-on-one with a student. The parallel conferences are when you're working with one student, but you're close enough to two to three other students who may stop and watch on. So allow them to do that. Allow them to learn from your conference session with the one student, even though it's not meant for your other students who are nearby. And then you might want to think about doing small groups. Now, what we know about small groups is that you can hit more students with that same amount of time. So once you know what your students' needs are, it might be helpful for you to pull a small group, and I'm talking four to six students here, back to your table or onto the carpet somewhere to work on a writing skill, a writing strategy, some part of the writing process, or some type of habit or behavior that you're wanting to see them do. You can definitely reach more students this way and can set similar goals for the group, which is easier for you to track and manage. But make sure that you're having that individual one-on-one conference time with your students too, because that's where you're really going to start building a relationship with them, being able to talk them through what they need to improve on, and you can also give them praise for the things that they are doing. And it's going to be really, really easy for you to have conferences and share the data with anyone who asks about this student if you know what they're doing by a one-on-one conference. And when it comes to providing feedback, what does it look like for you when it comes to student goal setting and them truly knowing what they are supposed to be focusing on? When it comes to helping your students set goals and to set these actual focuses, try to abandon fixing other errors or critiquing every single thing that that student is doing. Only focus on those small, specific areas. I'm talking like one to three areas 
that are goals, and then improve those areas before setting a new goal. The goals are going to help guide you through your writing conferences that you're having. It's going to assist you when you're thinking about if you have to pull small groups to do your conferences. And ultimately, this is going to be applied across genres so students can get the maximum exposure and ample opportunities for this kind of practice because of the goals that you are having them set for themselves and that you're checking in on, coaching them on, and being able to watch them master it. So for this, you would want to use a rubric or a measuring tool of some sort to check in with students, and this is going to help you to know when to set a new goal. So under this one, think about what are you doing to provide feedback to your students, and if you do not have a method of conferencing or providing feedback, this is definitely a part of your writing block that you want to reset. Are your students feeling bored? disengaged, and lacking confidence when it comes to writing? Are you feeling defeated and stressed because you just want to be the best writing teacher ever, but can't find the time to create simple writing routines or even maximize the small chunks of time that you have in your day? What if I told you that I have a solution and that this solution will result in your students wanting to write? You heard correct. No more forcing them to take out their pencils they will be begging you for more time. Writing Made Simple is a writing membership that supports teachers like you by giving you creative writing routines that will have your students writing without them even knowing it. Each month, you will be supplied with writing routines, an easy lesson plan with support and extension ideas, exemplars to model with, and templates that are print and go. Best part, we are keeping it simple. So carve out five to 10 minutes and let these routines lead the way. Visit theliteracydive.com slash join to learn more. Before I get to the fifth question, I want to quickly recap the previous four questions that I asked you and I want you to truly think about answering before it comes to resetting things within your writing block. The first question, how often are your students writing? The second question, how are you teaching writing? The third question, what supports do your students have for writing? And the fourth question, how are you providing feedback to your students? I want to say that I'm saving the best question for last, but of course, I did not rank these questions in order of importance, but I did kind of save my favorite question for last. And this final question that I want to ask you is, how are you making writing fun for your students? I think so often we think about having to stick to standards, having to get students ready for a test, having to make sure that they're performing, that we lose sight of the joy and the fun within learning. So this question is big. How are you making writing fun for your students in your classroom? Are you allowing for student choice? You can be working on a certain genre, but are students able to choose their own topic to write about? Are you providing them with writing prompts that have choices that they can choose from versus telling them they have to write from a certain prompt? I love doing an activity with writing prompts in the morning or in the afternoon, and so that's something that you can try by giving them student choice. Have you explored with quick writes? 
Now, I have an episode all about quick writes. If you have not done them, you definitely want to check out that episode because this is a great way to get your students excited about writing and to get them eager to write through this fun, engaging, quick way of writing. And then also easy ways for you to make sure that you are allowing for student choice is by using choice boards. I have shared this before, but I have a freebie that has reading and writing choice boards, six of each, to where there's different genres and students can be able to choose from nine different categories on a choice board page. But the whole idea here is that I don't really care what you write about, but you get to choose it. And a lot of the time, that's just what students want is the choice. And then also, not thinking about the actual resource of what they're getting a choice about, but are you allowing them to write in different locations? Sometimes the best thing that you can do for a kid is to get them out of their desk. Are they able to sit on the floor? Can they use a clipboard instead of their actual notebook? Can they write on a different type of paper? Can they write on the carpet? Can they go outside if it's a nice day? What types of choices are you bringing in that can allow for student choice and can engage them in a fun way? Another little sub question under this bigger umbrella is, do you offer special writing tools? Now, I have episodes in the past where I've talked about all of the things that you can bring in to make the writing center, the writing time, just this phenomenal time of day that looks like no other part of your day. So the different special writing tools that you can bring are the smelly pens or colorful pens, pencils like mechanical pencils or colorful pencils, editing glasses, highlighters, paper choices, markers, staplers, tape, hole punches, index cards, sticky notes, anything that you can find that students are able to write on or write with can be a part of your writing center and whatever an author needs should be available to them. So when you think about what people need to write, give that stuff to your students. And when they can see that they have this access, it becomes a fun place for them to be able to explore with other materials outside of the standard notebook paper. And that brings me to the next part. Do you have a specified center for writing? I have another podcast episode that talks all about effectively creating a writing center. So if you don't have a writing center, maybe that's something that you want to reset and you want to try in this second half of the year. So definitely listen to that episode. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you. So I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but it's all going to be linked for you. So do not get overwhelmed. But a writing center, this is a place where your reference charts, your materials, your writing tools, all of the stuff that you have for your writing block can live there. And you can use the center as a literacy station. So if you are upper elementary, use centers. I know that at schools that I've been at, we typically say after second grade, it's just the workshop model and the stations go away. But your students will find so much value in using literacy centers So if you are interested in centers for big kids, I have an episode for that as well for you. It'll be in the show notes. But this is a place where kids can visit. They can go there daily. They can explore with genres. They can explore with other types of writing in a non-threatening way and without the official writer's workshop structure and demands. When you can add parts like this to your block, 
It is going to make kids feel calmer. They're going to feel at ease and they're going to want to try some of those tricky writing skills because the pressure is not there. The next thing I'm going to share is something that I love when I think about making writing fun for students. Have you tried assigning writing buddies? Now, a buddy is just great for anybody. I love having buddies. I love having friends that I can just go and be with whenever I'm working on something. So your students will like this too. Now, a writing buddy can be a great buddy system for peer review. So when it's time for the written composition to go through a little bit of the review process, if they have a buddy, they can definitely peer review each other's if you take that time to teach that strategy to them before it comes to you. And a writing buddy always ensures that kids have someone to share their writing with. This could be an entire piece of writing. It can be a place where they have used a certain writing skill or a certain writing strategy like editing a sentence or revising something or finding a place where they use dialogue or finding a place where they use figurative language, descriptive writing, whatever it is that you want them to focus on, they will be able to have a buddy that they can share that with at all times. So this should be short and sweet, but needs to happen regularly. When kids are sharing their writing, they start taking ownership and they're going to want to do as best they can since they know that an audience is going to be listening to it. The writing buddies allow for these buddy pairs to sit next to each other for independent writing, and this is going to allow them to help each other as needed. Now, it has to be very clear and modeled that this is not a time for kids to sit and talk and to be off task. But if they truly, truly need help with something, they have a buddy right there that can pause what they're doing and help guide and coach them, and then they can do the same in return if their buddy needs help. So these buddies are amazing. If you have not tried using them, this might be something that you want to implement and something that you want to reset within your day. And I also like every now and then to have buddies giving them a chance to be able to write a composition together. It is so stressful sometimes to have to sit and write stuff by ourselves, but when you can just allow them to enjoy this process and write with their buddy partner, their writing buddy, this is going to be such a great, powerful time for them to be able to work together on all of the skills that you have taught them. So definitely try to think about how you can incorporate writing buddies into your writing block. I have mentioned a lot of content in this episode, and you're going to be able to find everything from the podcast episodes that I've referenced to the choice boards freebies I talked about, to a variety of my favorite writing supports, to help you with your writing conferences, and to help students with the writing process, remembering writing tips and strategies, as well as descriptive writing tools. Literally anything that I went in depth about and mentioned can be found in the show notes, So be sure to head there to click through anything that might have been of interest to you that I talked about. Did you enjoy this episode? As a way to let me know, I would love if you would share this with a friend or two. And if you're on Instagram, an easy way to do that is to take a screenshot of this episode on your podcast platform and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at the Literacy Dive so I can see that you listen to this episode, and that this is an episode that you truly love. If you have questions about anything that I've mentioned, I would love to help guide you. 
So send me a message and let's chat about it. If you found value from this episode on resetting your writing block, you will not want to miss next week because we are going to dive into resetting guided reading. Be sure to meet me back here, same time, same place. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.